Beyond Synth, Season 7, Sequence Commencing in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is episode number 188 of Beyond Sense, and I am your host, Andy Last. Welcome to the show. I'm going to take a sip of tea now. <laughs> is that how you guys drink your tea with those at the end? <laughs> I'm a really masculine guy. So, today on the show, we got a double header. I'll be uh, chatting with Damocles for the first time, so I've never chatted with him, and that was uh, fun. And before we talk to him, we're going to talk to Nina. I haven't talked to her in a while, and she gives us an update on the album she's working on. And it just so happened, not to my design, that these two guests are actually linked thematically, because this week, at the end of the week, March 30th, there is Retro Future Fest in Sweden going on, and Damocles is the one who was setting it up, and Nina will be playing there along with a bunch of other guests. Um, Damocles will tell you all about it when I talk to him. So, this might be one of the first times in Beyond Synth history, and yes, it took 188 episodes, that I think I'm promoting something where there's enough time to actually buy tickets and go to the thing. So if you're in Sweden, go to Retro Future Fest. You've got five days. It sounds like a good time. And uh, we'll be talking to all these people in just a bit. But first, let's listen to some music because that is what we do here. So I'd like to do a quick shout out to some new Patreon supporters. We've got Enrico Guili. Is that how you say that? G-U-E-L-I. Guli? Guli? Guli. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. You let me know, Enrico. But thank you for supporting the show. And a new $10 donor, Heartbeat Hero. Hey, I've played some of his tracks on the show before. Thanks for uh, supporting the show, man. And, of course, that rascal Jimpy has upgraded his support. Don't go bankrupt over there, dude. I appreciate you uh, supporting Beyond Synth so enthusiastically. But I would be a very evil man if I made you do this until you went broke. So, <laughs> but thank you uh, for supporting the show, Mr. Jimpy. Upgrade Jimpy. And now, let's listen to this track. I just got sent this from Diamond Field. A track he made with Bob Haro, which is interesting, because I always thought that dude was like a bike guy. Is that what they're called? <laughs> bike guy guy with a bike uh that's a little reductionist he's uh they're like stunt bike dudes isn't that right freestylers look let's listen to this song <laughs> you know the deal so this is diamond field and bob haro this is won't compromise Understand you I want to hear the words you 
And that was Diamond Field and Bob Harrow with Won't Compromise. And that was a nice tune. That was brought to you by my uh, awesome Patreon supporters. There's the King of the Pattersons, Mr. Chris Dance. Chris Dance, you should tune into the Twitch feed. The Beyond Synth Twitch page, because there's a nice little graphic there, and you've got little crowns when your name pops up. Just letting you know, because you're the king of the Pattersons. And of course, there's William Stewart with the 69. 69! Oh, fucking double 69. That's pretty sweet. And Jose Arbello with the 66. 59. And, uh, yeah, so that was a nice track. I dug that. Maybe I'll have uh, those dudes on the show sometime to explain this collaboration between a musician and... Bob Harrow, former freestyle BMX rider turned artist and business executive. (laughs) I'm not reading that from Wikipedia. I know all this stuff. I'm a genius. His nickname is the Godfather of Freestyle. That's pretty sweet. On my Wikipedia page, my nickname is Steroid User. But hey, you gotta get jacked somehow, right? Am I right? (laughs) High five! We're having fun here, right? Is that true? Let's read a message. You know, people send me messages to all my social media accounts, and sometimes it's nice to read them. This one's from Heather. Heather says, Andy, just wanted to say I listen to your podcasts every day, driving to work. Been listening to the back catalog, catching up, and I think it's absolutely awesome. You putting this together, reaching out to musicians, showcasing new stuff, the amazing interviews, and you've introduced me to a load of new music. It really starts my day off on a good note, listening to you, laughing along with your crazy shit. Anyway, just wanted to say it, and thanks very much. Keep going. X. (laughs) Well, thanks, Heather. Heather Crabtree. You know, um, I did uh, write her back, and I just said, thanks for listening to the show, Heather Crabtree. I would be very interested to know the etymology of that last name. How do you get a last name like that? Because, you know, my last name, last is that wooden thing that goes in a shoe. It's used as, like, the template for making a shoe for shoemakers who make shoes. So it's not very cool. But you see, Crabtree sounds like it could be cool. You know, like, your ancestors were a bunch of people who uh, placed crabs in trees as pranks, and then people would go to, like, pick apples, and all of a sudden, like, crabs would rain down on them. Sound about right? Bob Harrow, Harrow. And hey, you ever want to send me a message? Uh, Go nuts. Anyway, here's a cool artist I found called Alpa, A-L-P-A, or Alpa, who knows? Uh, with a cool track, and it is brought to you by... Hey, how, let's check up on my uh, my PayPals. And I gotta thank Christopher Albert for that, because he gave me the suggestion, because I've always been trying to figure out what to call the Beyond Synth supporters who support using PayPal on the website instead of the Patreon. Because, you know, some people support Beyond Synth through Patreon, others actually just go and go to the Beyond Synth website, because there's a, a donation button on there. And I'm gonna call them my PayPals for now. Awesome PayPals like DevJock. Yeah! And Replicant69. Now, I know he's also a donation of the Beast guy, but he did do a, uh, gave a very generous uh, donation this month. So you're on the list, buddy. My list of people. And a shout out to Angelo Taylor. I like shouting out to him. And I think we got some new donors here because Deepak Ganger. Did I mention you? You're a cool guy. Is that how you say your name? Deepak Ganger? I feel as though I have had a person support the show before with that same last name, and I probably said this exact same thing. I apologize for being very unoriginal. And Victor Roy uh, also donated to the show. So thank you, Victor Roy. You're a cool guy. Who are my other PayPals here? We got Rob Dyson, Digital Dreams, Jimmy Groon, 
The Rosconian and Anthony Anselmo. Yeah, you guys are all my PayPal's. Well, you're some of them. I gotta, I gotta update this list. <laughs> anyway, look. Let's listen to this awesome song from Alpa. This is Low Res Kids. What is your resolution?
And that was Low Res Kids by Alpa. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters with the fifth day. There's L.A. Arson. That's right. I will never make that mistake again. Go check out L.A. Arson. He makes cool music. And then there's Jacob Wick, the coolest guy around. And hey, while we're here, I'll read another message because uh, the next uh, supporter on my list, you know, City Hunter, who's a cool guy, and he actually wrote me a letter. Says, hey, Andy, how's it going? It's Alex, a.k.a. City Hunter. I wanted to write you an email for a long time, but for some reason, always postponed it. But I think I found good reason to write because of recent The Midnight European Tour. Me and my girlfriend planned our vacations since very fall so we could fly from Russia to Utrecht, Netherlands. Is that how you say that? Utrecht. I'm gonna fuck that up. This February on the show. The show was great. Hall was not big, but full of people. New sax guy hit hearts with hot solo. The really big surprise was when Time Cop 1983 came out on stage and featured to play a couple of collab songs. Something very friendly and comfy was in the air tonight. After the show, I was messing around the scene for about 20 minutes in hopes to catch Tim or Tyler to shake his hand and say, Thank you for your music. But no one was coming out. Only sax solo guy, Jacob. Okay, just so it's clear, uh, English is not this dude's first language. I I like reading the letters as they're written. I think that's important. Maybe I should work on doing a Russian accent. I found him as a very friendly guy. He made a very surprised facial expression. For some reason, remind me of Chris Tucker when I said where I came from. Probably I was the first Russian fan he saw. The Midnight Manager, Justin, was surprised too. Want to see Time Cop? And he went for Time Cop 1983 to come out. I had a very nice conversation with Yordi. He turned out to be very nice and friendly guy. I think he think the same that being more underground for retro synthwave scene is good. So cool to talk with man who understand your feelings. And at last Tim came out and I enjoyed some talk with him too. He was really impressed seeing us and gave us warm hugs. Nice to see that guys is just a real living people just like you. Unfortunately, Tyler was sick a little as Tim said and didn't come out. Hope he's fine now. He did a great performance those night. So that's the story. Hope it's not too long for the mail sack. No matter we are separated by ocean, now we separated by one Tim's handshake, Andy. Maybe one day I will see you too. Thank you for your show, man. You're doing a really good job connecting people. The story, how I started to listen to your podcast, is quite funny. And if I write next time, I will tell about it. With great regards, Alex. Well, listen, City Hunter. You're a cool guy. And that sounds like you had a good time. And that's all that can be asked, man. Going out to live shows, seeing these people whose music you've been enjoying, enjoying it live is really awesome. And it's great to be able to meet the people. That's my favorite part. You know, that's my favorite part is uh, finally just getting to shake hands and hug people who uh, have brought you joy, right? I guess that's the that's the bottom line. So I'm glad you guys get a good show. Um, that's cool that, that their sax guy was good. The one I saw when they were in Toronto was, I think, their second sax dude, but he was really awesome. So I'm glad they keep on finding talented sax guys. Sax guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man, look, uh, thanks for writing me a letter, dude, and thanks for supporting the show. You're a very cool guy. Let's listen to another song, and then we'll go chat with Nina. So, here's a track from TV Players, and this one is featuring Oceanside85, and it's brought to you uh, by my awesome Patreon supporters, Lucas Ceballos. 
with the twenty six sixty six, and in the twenty five dollar club, there's Clint Dowling, Honeybeard, and Eric Dahlberg. Now let's listen to this track. This is Battle of the Hearts by TV Players, featuring Oceanside eighty five.
And that was TV Players featuring Oceanside 85 with the track Battle of the Hearts. Brought to you by my amazing patrons in the $25 Club. There's Tim Carlton, Johnny Five, Emilio Estevez, and Pattern Shift. Thank you all for supporting Beyond Synth. If you want to support the show like those awesome people, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Or you can just go to beyondsynth.com and click the donate button. They're all there, man. It's so easy. That's the best part. It's easy. Now, let's go and chat with Nina. All right. Well, I'm here with Nina. How's it going, Nina? Hi, Andy. It's good to be back. Yeah. So I thought we would do an update because we haven't uh, had an official one. I think maybe you popped in for a few minutes on a Christmas special like two years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I did, I think. So I thought we would uh, catch up because since we last spoke when you were here uh, in the Beyond Synth studio, I know you're working on some new stuff and there was just a new single a little while ago. So I thought we would uh, talk about all that stuff and what you've been up to. Of course. Yeah, let's do it. So, first of all, what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I got back from Argentina. I played at Buenos Aires Outrun, which was super, super cool. Um, we had a lot of fun. And now we're kind of just back in the studio and uh, just getting prepped for the kind of like a mini Europe tour. So, yeah, it's it's, it's all really fun and exciting. And, uh, yeah. Because I had Parallels on the show a few weeks ago. And you had a little tour uh, with her as well that she was uh, talking about. I know. I actually listened to it a little bit, but it was quite long and it was like really late wherever I was. I can't remember. I think I was actually in Buenos Aires. <laughs> and I saw like, and I was like, okay, I want to like listen to, to it a little bit. But yeah, no, we had such a good time. It was such a dream come true just to be like doing like an American tour. And we just got on so easily and everything was really just a lot of fun. You know, it was like just hanging out with friends and, uh, you know, with Ollie as well and, and Laura, the four of us. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Really was. So how long were you guys in uh, Buenos Aires for? We were there for like, I think it was like two weeks. Um, we did like a few interviews there as well and a, a little photo shoot and then we had the show but it was also a little bit of relaxing and meeting friends as well which was really nice. Because Laura is Argentina, right? Argentina, Argentina, right? <laughs> Argentinian, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's beautiful. Like if you ever want to go down like South America, I really recommend Buenos Aires. Such a beautiful city. I really loved it. Um, and last time, I think maybe it was like three, four years ago, I actually went to Uruguay as well, which is just next door. So you can kind of like take a ferry over there. It's beautiful as well. And then, yeah, you've got Brazil, which isn't too far. But of course, you've got to take a plane. But I'm yet to discover that. But yeah. Really recommend Argentina. It's a beautiful country. So much to see. I really want to go to Patagonia, which is like, you know, you've got um, all the mountains and like glaciers. It's very icy in the winter and beautiful lakes. So then we played in Holland for the first time. That was really cool. I just like playing new cities, you know, just getting the vibe and, and yeah, just exploring the city and meeting the fans. Stuff, you know, you're only in touch online. It's nice to put a face to a name and yeah. When you were in Holland, did you put on any of those shoes? <laughs> no. But I did buy a lot of cheese. Like, they, they have, like, this shop. Okay, so this is amazing. They've got this shop, and, like, every cheese is, like, a different flavor. There was, like, coconut cheese, like, licorice cheese, cinnamon cheese, whatever you can <laughs> think of, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm in heaven. This is amazing. So, yeah, I just I bought, like, a cheese grater. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, they looked after us really well, and it was fun, yeah. The only thing is there was, like... Uh, the 
church, I remember the church bells went off like Sunday, I think, from 7 a.m. all the way up to 1, 1 p.m., I think. It was just yeah. constant church bells. <laughs> so that, that was quite interesting, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah, because when I talked to Time Cop last time, he mentioned cheese, and I didn't press him on the issue, but maybe I will now, knowing that there's this... Wait, are you allowed to take cheese with you, or did you have to eat it while you were there? No, no, I took it all with me, yeah, because we're just uh, going on the Eurostar, so it's, it's not as bad as, like, you know, having to go on the plane. Yeah, because I feel like they're pretty strict about what food you can transport like if you're actually like going international and stuff like I feel like if I went to Holland I don't think I could take a bag of cheese home with me I feel like they'd be like what the hell is this and then <laughs> yeah maybe then they'd end up eating it at the fucking airport oh yeah of course they just keep it all to themselves whatever's left there perfumes yeah. presents all this palava <laughs> although I wonder if they'd be a bit disappointed if I came back from Holland and they thought they were going to get a big bag of dope but instead yeah. they just get a sack of cheese <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> like... right yeah, what is this I don't want that <laughs> <laughs> well how about this let's listen to a song and then we'll uh keep talking cool so this was a cool one from uh your album which i dug this is born to live by nina Yeah. 
And that was Born to Live by Nina. And I'm here with Nina right now, having a little catch-up. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you enjoying your tea? Yeah, it's okay. I'm sweetened it with the last little bit of honey I had. Oh, lovely. I've been using, like, stevia lately, but it sort of makes your tea kind of taste a little metallic, and it's like you're drinking yeah. robot tea or something. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? Mm. I've tried that before, but I don't know. It's not, it's just not the same as honey or, or sugar, really. I know, I know. I got to stop, though, because I know sugar is, like, so bad for you, but it's really hard to quit. Oh, yes. You know, I treat myself, like, once a day I have, like, a chocolate bar or something, you know, whatever. I did, however, I did try uh, like a whole year without sugar and I actually succeeded really a whole year without sugar. Really? Yeah. And I did feel amazing, I must say. But as soon as you have the tiniest amount of sugar in whatever tea, whatever it is, you're addicted straight away again. You crave and crave and crave. Uh, now I'm back on it, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just looking after myself a little bit more. You know, I'm doing yoga and all that stuff. So it's How better. did you manage? Like, because I've thought about doing that. The, the most I've ever done is I quit drinking pop soda. I haven't had like a Coke since December of 2017. Oh, wow. Well done. Yeah, but it's like I've ended up replacing it by drinking Gatorade all the time. So like I, oh, I just, I, I swapped one sugar. sugary drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so it's it's tricky because I, I feel like when I do cut it out, I end up supplementing it in other ways. Yeah, that's the problem. You need to find like something you can replace it with that's just a little bit healthier. Like I don't know, there's this thing that you can buy, like those tea bags for cold water or something. If you fancy like something cold, like put it in the fridge, and like, obviously it's not quite the same, but you could try it that way. Yeah, but Coke, man, Coke is so. I know. <laughs> I only had to not drink it for about a month. And then after that, not drinking Coke has been like really easy. Not having a pop, like I haven't had a craving or anything, but I'm still getting sugar. So yeah. it's uh, it's tough. I don't know. Anyway, look, let's talk about music a bit. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to the cheese and Coke talk later. But uh, all right. Who were all the producers that you worked with for this one? Um, so it's relatively similar to the other album. For sure. We worked on quite a few tracks with Ocilian. Did you do like a podcast with him as well? I still haven't had Ocilian on the show. Oh, but I, oh, you haven't. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably do that this year. You must. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's very, it makes me happy. Um, so yeah, Ocilian for sure. And then we worked, we actually working, we're going in the studio next week with Richard X again, which I'm really excited about. So he's a busy man, but we pinned him down. So we're going to do one or two tracks with him for the album. It's actually something that we recorded like a year ago and it was meant to be in uh, Sleepwalking in my first album, but it didn't make the cut for that. So it's going to be in the new album now. So the track that we're doing. And then maybe we're going to write like another one because I think we still have one more missing. And yeah, there might be a few more other ones, but it's kind of a little bit up in the air. So I don't want to say too much yet, but definitely Ocilian and Richard X so far. Well, I guess, you know, once you have like a good working relationship with somebody, right? You just uh, yeah. keep it going. Yeah, totally. You just feel like you feel comfortable with them, you know, and you just vibe good together. Yeah. Well, speaking of sleepwalking, man, why don't we uh, listen to that track? I'm going to play it now. <laughs> I thought it was something coming up. <laughs> <Open> silence, like. <laughs> All right, this is, uh, this is Sleepwalking by Nina. Erasing a lifetime 
And that was Nina with the track Sleepwalking. And I'm here catching up with Nina right now. Talk to me a bit about the album, the Sleepwalking album, because we actually never really talked about this album. I mean, I know you got the new one coming up. We can talk a bit about, I mean, I guess I'll have you back on when that comes out, whenever that is. But uh, yeah, tell me about uh, this one. Of course. Well, Sleepwalking was my debut album. And I have quite a few different producers working with me on this one. We had Ocean, we had Richard X, we had Sunglasses Kid and New Division, who are really, really just awesome guys. Uh, very talented as well. We did Your Truth with them. It's kind of my baby because it was my first album and um, I'm really proud of the way it's been you know, received and, and it was really positive. Got lots of good reviews and uh, we've, we've been playing the songs live and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with it. When you look at that album as a whole and then when you go and perform them is there any tracks that are like more difficult to translate live yeah and and vice versa as well all the other around so sometimes you know a track is just you just feel so connected to it like life and then in the studio it was bit more of a just a bit harder to translate really to get the emotions across because obviously when you're in a live situation you've got that feedback from the fans you've got that energy going and yeah and the other way around as well you just it can definitely happen so far we've been playing pretty much all the tracks except for sleepwalking itself just because it's quite a big number and uh yeah we've been trying to just nail the other ones properly and so we we do sleepwalking life but i've had a few people actually coming up to me after the show saying oh you didn't play sleepwalking you know please play it next time so we actually made sure that we're going to play it now in sweden um at the end of the month and so yeah that's going to be uh interesting no pressure but it's going to be okay <laughs> wait so you are playing at the uh the retro future fest Yes, exactly, in Malmö. Okay, cool. So then, I, this is perfect. So the show that I place this in will be the one that I do with Damocles, because that's what he was promoting. Oh, awesome, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I met him, yeah. This is like, I planned this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Well, anyway, yeah. now everyone knows. <laughs> oh, also, what I wanted to say is that I've been really happy with uh, the, just the way like people have been buying the vinyl. We actually, so we, we did like a 250 uh, press, and then we had to do like another repress, just because they, they kind of 
all sold out within like a month or something so that was completely unexpected and uh, so we're going to do the same now with the next album we're going to do vinyl again but see how it kind of all goes so I was really excited about that as well just the first vinyl just to hold the first vinyl on your hands which I always dreamed about having yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was pretty cool and yeah cassettes all sold out as well all gone now yeah <laughs> that's good <laughs> it's all gone <laughs> who was taking all the pictures because you know like with all like the promo photos and stuff have you been working with like different photographers or do you have like a main one when you when it comes time to like take the album photos and stuff yeah so we've been working a lot with uh, Joachim Reimer who is uh, Stockholm based and we actually met him through uh, Ocelian and he's just I mean just one of those people that are incredibly talented whilst being super humble and it's just nice to work with him and he's got the eye you know he's very good with like lighting as well he knows exactly what we want and so he, he actually shot the, the cover that will go on the new album and um, we've been working with uh, Randy Jacobs while we were in LA and um, so he's super dope as well I think he worked with Oli Wright I've posted a few photos recently like from LA like by the beach and whatever so he did those photos but there's plenty more to come they're probably going to be used for like press or something so I can't really um, post them yet but yeah so kind of mainly those two like I really look up to and love working with in terms of uh, the actual vinyls but you did, you, you did get an opportunity to keep one for yourself right yeah I kind of had to hide it because the label was like oh we sold it there's another request should we sell like nah, no it's not gonna happen <laughs> like this, you know I already had to choose whether I keep the blue or the pink one so I'm like okay let me one <laughs> You know, I'm not giving that away. <laughs> you know, I don't even know which one I took. I think I, I kept the pink one or something. But yeah, same with the cassette. I have one of each, you know, that's it. Wait, you mean like, was it different artwork or like the vinyl itself? No, so I've got the vinyl. No, it's it's because the repress, we actually changed the, the vinyl itself. So the, the, the cover, everything is the same. But we did one pink vinyl and then we did one blue vinyl just because it's like a repress and just to change it up a little bit, which people like the blue one as well. It was like a sky blue, a little bit transparent. So quite interesting. Ooh, so it's kind of like a collector's item then, man. Yes. You got to get them both. <laughs> yes. I didn't give you one, did I? I need to send you something next oh, time. Oh, that's okay. No, 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 that's fine. Hey, man, everything's all good. Yeah, of course. Because I'm still trying to find a place to display them, right? Because I've got, like, the Beyond Synth set, mm -hmm. and people do, you know, they send me vinyls and stickers and tapes and stuff, and I kind of want to display them somehow in the background, but I, I think I'm going to have to, like, build myself a shelf, and um, building things is not one of the skills I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, you, you just get someone over to help you with that one, you know, maybe a brother, a friend or something, because I think you should, it's going to look so good if you have that in the background doing interviews or, you know. Yeah, no, it'd be wicked. So when do you think the release window is for the, uh, the new one, the new album? I'm hoping like no later than late summer. So I'm hoping like late to September time. So is, is there tracks right now that are finished? Yes, uh, we have, um, well, we already released one of the tracks that's going to be on the album, which is The Calm Before the Storm. So we released that one in December. That's going to be on the album. And then there may be another track coming out before the album release um, as well in, in like a couple of uh, months. And we're doing like a video for that as well. But um, yeah, I'm thinking it's probably going to be like maybe like around August time or something like that. Well, speaking of that song, man, let's listen to it because this was a cool one. This was the single. This is The Calm Before the Storm. Storm by Nina. You cross the line in 
And that was The Calm Before the Storm by Nina. We're here with <laughs> Nina right now. That is a single from the upcoming album, so that's cool. With your first album, it was sort of like... It was a uh, a collection of like a lot of the singles you had released up to that point. Yes. So, do you find the process is different now? Because obviously, you're now you're going with the intention of I am making an album now. Yeah, I think like last time was a lot of like tracks. Obviously, as you say, they, they were released before. This one is really literally just um, you know it's gonna be two maybe in total. We're probably gonna have like eight nine tracks. So a little bit less than last time because I think I released like eleven just because we had a bit of problems like actually putting them all onto the uh, the vinyl. We didn't want to compromise. The sound quality so we kind of had to swap around a few tracks that were too long and we couldn't have your memory extended version and so yeah we're just gonna have like eight nine tracks this time but um they're all pretty much finished it's just another one or two that we've got to put down and yeah that's it but it's kind of like touring in between so it's a little bit hard sometimes just to be as fast as you want to be but you know you better wait a little bit and just do something really good and uh you know then have something that's rushed and you can really hear it if it's rushed you know we don't want that <laughs> We do not want that. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of stuff have you been singing about or writing about? What's coming into your brain these days? Well, a lot of things I've been like inspired about. Like I was quite inspired like coming back from tour from America and I wrote a lot of things that I've kind of, you know, went through my head over there. Um also just, you know, like love. <laughs> It always comes back to love. <laughs> I like when it's just that simple. Just, you know, love. <laughs> you know, but it's it's like, you know, what else? Sometimes you just feel like you've you got to write down things about love and something that, you know, you want to get off your chest. And uh, so there's a few songs, uh, you know, there's a song about a breakup. And uh, sometimes you just change, you know, just don't speak the same language anymore, which is really sad. You've got to let go. The other person can't really let go. So it's just like back and forth. And there's quite a few songs on there as well that are a little bit more upbeat which I really wanted to do because I feel like when I was playing live um, there's just something about the energy just to do a little bit more upbeat stuff you know people can dance to it people can clap and sing along and so it's not going to be as much ballads on this album than the last one but I hope that's going to be a positive thing we'll see what have you been doing for fun then in the in the meantime I've been playing with my cats <laughs> <laughs> That is definitely definitely fun time. So they're like they're just just my happy zone. And I've been kind of starting hot yoga, and I just really enjoy it. I think it's really fun. I need to do yoga. Like that's the thing I need to do. So when I come to Toronto, we'll we catch up and we do a yoga session together, right? Dude, I can't even touch my toes. <laughs> I have never touched my toes in my life. <laughs> I can't. I I got. Fairly close. I've been trying to do some stretches because yeah, I, I think yoga would be a good thing for me to do, like for even like my mental health as well. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. But I feel like I'm not even in a position to begin because when I watch people doing yoga, like the, one of the first things is like, "All right, now breathe and touch your toes." I'm like, "I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> like, so I'm out at like step one. Yeah, and you know what? Look, listen, I've only done it like for maybe it's been like a month and a half or something, but I still can't touch my my toes. Like everyone is like so flexible and they're literally going all the way down and I'm, I literally can reach to the knees. But I've got a good teacher. She's like, however you can do it, don't pressure yourself. You know, every time will get easier. And also when you do the hot yoga, I feel like your muscles stretch a little easier. So maybe that will help you a little. It just helps so much just feeling a bit more energetic and also like for the mental health, as you said, just to calm down a little bit, breathe it through, you know, like, I think it's really good. No, I'm sure it is. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's the toe touching that stops me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Are you guys planning on coming around this way at some point? We may be doing like another USA tour mm. and we may be crossing over Canada, but it's kind of a little bit 50-50. So we definitely, I think we're going to do like an East Coast thing this time. You know, Chicago and New York, Boston, Philadelphia. And there was an idea of maybe coming to Toronto and Montreal or maybe. But it would be awesome to see you either way. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be fun. It's a, I mean, it's cool because a lot more things have uh, been happening in, in Toronto lately, which is I know. Which is cool. A lot of things. You've got Outland coming over to you guys. Yeah, no, that's a thing. I keep on delaying filling out my passport form. So as long as stuff comes to me, then I feel like, oh, I, didn't, I don't have to do it yet. I can wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do need to fill that damn form out. Of course, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> don't procrastinate. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, how about this? Let's uh, listen to one more song and then we can wrap it up because I know I think I'm interrupting you in a music session right now. So I want to <laughs> listen to this track from the Sleepwalking album. This is One of Us by Nina.
And that was One of Us by Nina. And I am here with <laughs> Nina right now. We're just catching up, having a good time. Always a good time with you. <laughs> it makes the day go fast, very, very fast. Yeah, but you don't want it to go too fast because I know before we started recording, you're like, I'm in the middle of recording something here. <laughs> it's so annoying. I know. I just like, it's just been like time just falls out of my hands at the moment. I want to do so many things and it's like, it's just not enough hours in the day, you know, but it's all right. I'm not going to complain. So good. No, I understand. <laughs> and, and the weird thing, too, is we uh, we just had our spring ahead where we move our clocks forward one hour, daylight savings time or whatever. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was offset in Europe. So I thought we were still five hours difference. But I guess for like two weeks, we're actually only four hours different. So I had my schedule messed up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't really realize either. So I just thought when you were messaging me, oh, maybe I got the timing wrong. <laughs> then I realized, yeah. oh, no, no, I didn't. Maybe it's just maybe it's just checking in. Like, are we still on kind of thing? Like an hour yeah. before? <laughs> I'm not usually that organized to message someone an hour before. Usually it's about like two minutes earlier and then I like my alarm goes off and it's like, you have an interview. I'm like, oh shit. I'm a very disorganized guy. Well, I'm glad you had some time to make your tea anyway. Yes. And that was, that was very important. So as far as then the touring's been going, so how's, how's Laura? Laura's really good. She's um, just been really happy and re-energized seeing her mom and all her friends in Argentina. And, you know, it's like her brother, she's got two brothers. One of her brothers has never seen her play live. So it was a big deal for her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she, she's happy, really happy about that. So now we're just literally back putting our heads into the writing and recording and uh, getting ready for the next live show and yeah. So where do you guys rehearse? Do you have like a rehearsal space or do you just do it there? Yeah, so sometimes we've got a rehearsal space but we do, I mean, there's like a little home studio luckily so we can record here and rehearse here but yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's easier to do that but we used to go always somewhere and you know, meet in the middle and go to a studio somewhere like a, a rehearsal studio but we don't really do that anymore I guess that much. For your actual vocal recording though, like do you do all the recording the vocals in the same space or like you know when you're working with like Richard X for example like are you going to his space and like recording those vocals there or like how does that work? Yeah, so when I when I record Rich I actually go to his place or, or his studio, he's got like a studio and then we did the, the track that's going to be on the album now on the on the new album that one we actually did in his uh, house and he's got like upstairs he's got like a really cool studio with lots of synthesizers and it's just like a dream it's amazing but yeah so we did that there and then he's got a studio uh, near london bridge where we went to to record born to live and beyond memory but everything else i pretty much just do here in the home studio and you know if i work with ocelian then we just work via skype or email and back and forth kind of thing but i've got you know luckily we've got like a good set here good microphone and everything you need really is there any songs that you do live that you've had to change the way you sing or the tempo or like the high notes or something i think there was one or two tracks we didn't have to change tempo or anything that's usually just the same as it is but we did have to change i think it was your truth um we put down like a semitone or something because there are quite a few high notes in there you know just sometimes also in a live situation you know i I don't really work with in-ears at the moment so i kind of just rely on the wedges Mm. and you don't know sometimes there could be really bad sound and you don't really hear much and you know it's harder to sing the higher notes when you don't hear yourself 
that well. So just to be safe, I mean, no one can really hear the difference that well, that much, you know. But for me, it makes a big difference. Yeah, because I know. I mean, when I was talking to Ollie Ride about it, like they do the same thing with FM84 because obviously he's hitting mm-hmm. all those high notes too that are really hard to do live, like especially if you have to oh, yeah. do it on command, you know, day after day or whatever. But he's just like a robot. I mean, I don't see him like ever not hitting a note, however high, <laughs> however <laughs> difficult it is. You know what I mean? He's just so amazing. So you got this new album coming out. This is me um, summarizing this now, so you can go and work on your song. You got a new album coming out in the summertime. Yeah. Possibly another sort of East Coast, North American tour, though that's just a possible thing. We're not going to say it's definite, Mm -hmm. but that's a maybe, and uh, that would be cool. Yeah. Maybe another single will drop between now and then, and and you're doing well, and you ate some cheese in Holland, hot (laughs) yoga. Uh, Laura's happy. Very. I like saying her name just because I like to roll that R. The Laura. Laura. You're doing that really well. I'm, yeah. uh, she would be impressed if she heard you say that. <laughs> Laura. Yeah. Laura. Yeah. You can pass on the message. And uh, <laughs> that's the message, by the way. That's just just me saying her name. <laughs> so what else? Is there anything you got to say before we go? The only thing is I just, uh, I don't know if you saw, um, there's going to be a new Future Cop album coming out. And I did a song with him. That's pretty cool. Called Fade Away. It's just come out, exactly, and um, it's called Voltura, well, the album is, and the song I did with him is called Fade Away, and it's a nice little ballad, and I know he worked with Parallels on quite a few songs on the album, which just sound beautiful as well, and so, yeah, hopefully um, people love it. All right, well, that sounds awesome, man. Well, maybe we'll uh, we'll listen to that, because if it just came out, man, people should, uh, should listen, and uh, I am releasing this on the 25th, which should give people a few days heads up that Retro Future Fest is happening. Later on in this show, I'm going to be talking with Damocles because that's what he wanted to talk about. And so I I changed the schedule around to make sure that that one aired before Retro Future Fest because I'm so bad at organization that normally... You know, I have people on the show and then it doesn't air for like three months and then uh, we always miss any sort of promotional uh, possibility. So you are going to be there. Yeah, on the 30th of March, I will be there. Cool. So that's in five days, everybody, if you're listening to this on the 25th. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No one is answering. Like It's just dead silence. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, did you want me to say something? <laughs> well, no, it's it's <laughs> it will be good. It will be really, it will be fun. And especially because it's the first time actually uh, Future Retrofest playing in Sweden. Because obviously they did like two in, in, in the UK, in London, which are always super kind of big audience and just lots of fun. And uh, so that would be cool. And I met Democles at the second one, the Virtual Future Fest in London on the second time. And he was super cool. He did a little interview with me. And yeah, so it, it's going to be fun. I'm excited about this one. Awesome. All right, well, look, it's always fun to uh, to catch up with you, and I look forward to your new album, and maybe uh, you can come back on the show when that comes out and we can talk about it. Yes, I would love to. All right, so I guess we can, uh, we'll leave you, and then we'll, uh, we'll throw to this track, Fade Away, by Future Cop featuring Nina. And you have a lovely day, Nina. And you, enjoy your tea. Thanks for having me, Andy. Get to work. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Yes.
right, and that was my conversation with Nina. Always nice to catch up with her. Hopefully get a chance to see her again sometime. And, uh, yeah, that was brought to you by my uh, awesome Patreon supporters. In the $25 club, there's Chris Williams, Kempson, Joey and Kendra, and Martin Larby. You guys are fantastic. And I want to remind everybody to check out the Beyond Synth Twitch page. I'm hopefully going to try and stream at least once a week, probably in the afternoon on a weekday at some point. I've been getting new equipment, getting this set set up so that I can actually do proper live streams. It's a call-in show, so if you tune in, uh, you can add Beyond Synth on Skype and uh, call in, video chat. And I got little graphics and shit. So don't forget to follow Beyond Synth on Twitch and call in if I do a show. Um, You have to follow me so that you get the alert when I go live. Because sometimes I don't warn anyone that I'm going live. And so no one knows unless they're following me. But hey, that's how it works. So how about this? Let's listen to this track by Hammer Zaya. That is how you say that, right? (laughs) Better be. Uh... That's a little short track. Uh, This is Reflections, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $25 club, there's Gregorio Franco, Blake Peterson, and Mike Shima. Don't forget, uh, Gregorio did a cover album of GoldenEye music, so go to his band camp and check that out. So let's listen to this track by Hammerzaya. This is Reflections, with a K.
And that was Reflections by Hammer Zaya, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Murat with the 1984 and in the $15 Club, Hampus ML, Ken Jeru, and Chatterack. And we will never forget the immortal Chris Salaya Lane. There's a weird, if you hear that sound in the background, that fan, that is my PlayStation, because for some reason, my son is playing Fortnite, and it's causing my PlayStation fan to go crazy. So I hopefully my PlayStation isn't dying. Here, come here. Explain what's happening. Because Fortnite is so you, popular. You think because Fortnite is so popular that it's causing yeah, the fan? it's taking it so much space. And that's why the fan is all loud? Tell people why you like Fortnite so much. Because it's addicting. That's why? Yes. All right, there you go, guys. Because it's addicting. All right, look. Let's uh, go chat with Damocles. All right. Well, I'm here with Damocles. How's it going, dude? Oh, it's brilliant. Super fantastic and fabulous. So, your name is Anders. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Now, explain to me, now that we're talking for the first time, you sort of have like a British accent. Yeah, it's all due to Monty Python's Flying Circus, actually. So, what's going on here? I thought you were Swedish. Well, I am. I can switch over and, and speak like this if it's out your back. Well, I, <laughs> I've, had, <laughs> I've had like a Swedish series going on in the show. I've had a lot of Swedes on. So, uh, I think I was expecting something different with your voice. So, explain to me then why you sound like that. <laughs> As I said, it's Monty Python. Um, so, me and my friend, we used to learn all these sketches by heart and do them in the schoolyard and in order to do that you had to have the accent down so that somehow infused itself into your actual way of speaking yeah i'm quite fond of speaking hearing my voice is one of my most favorite things and uh in order to do that i actually speak a lot of languages uh so that i can hear my voice as much as possible so what uh what languages do you speak Uh, swedish of course (laughs) (laughs) danish norwegian german french and spanish are you like proficient in all those uh well i'm fluent in swedish (laughs) 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 Um, well i'm fluent in swedish danish norwegian english and then quite fluent in spanish i can speak german and i can hardly speak french at all really i forgot most of that now was this all just because of like education or do you travel a lot uh, i was a dj in tenerife back in 1983 and uh i spent like eight months there and i wrote 10 words in the palm of my hand every day starting with me you him her what have you and mm. adding on want need eat pee whatever you needed and broaden that circle every day and if you add up the words it's quite a few words in eight months. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the math now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, we got uh, 10 words a day, 30 days in a month. Times eight. Yeah, my math falls apart at this point. Yeah, as did my brain, so I didn't actually remember all of them. Well, you're DJing in 83. Yeah. Is this the part I, uh, where I'm going to guess your age? Do you? <laughs> I'm, I'm only 20 years old. And yeah. I'm a Swedish blonde <laughs> boy. Yeah. Now, I actually started DJing in 79, mm. so I was there for that entire erection revolution of the 80s and the synth pop that changed the entire world yeah i've been around (laughs) (laughs) 
I've been around. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I was born in the Highlands in 1743. Oh, fair. So you're a Highlander then. That's cool. Yes, yes. There can be only one. We should keep that uh, information private, lest someone travel to Sweden to cut your head off. Oh, they mostly lose their heads trying. So yeah, well, that's yeah. I guess you, you make it this long that proves you're a good Highlander. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Swedes have broadswords, so it's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk to me a bit about that then. You're probably one of my older guests, I imagine. Yeah, you should you should call me sir. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say sir in Swedish? Adel. What? Yeah, Adel. Adel. And if you talk to somebody in the street, you say Adel. Adel. Yeah, whoever you meet, high and low, it's Adel. Adel. Actually, uh, in Sweden, there is only royalty that you have to refer to as the equivalent in Swedish where you actually talk about one person as a plural and only royalties are entitled to be spoken to in plural. Uh, the rest of us is you. So, hey, you, regardless if it's uh, the police or whatever, it's you. Wait, is there Swedish royalty? Yeah. What does Sweden have? Is it a king and a queen? We have sort of a king, um, but he is at least... To the name of it, King of Sweden, yeah. What do they do? Do they do anything cool? They're just old? Oh, uh, you know, they have the appanage, as it's called, you know, money for nothing. Mm. And uh, they go about waving uh, stuff, eat weird things at big parties, I suppose. Cut ribbons, stuff like that. It must be fun cutting ribbons. Yeah, I mean, like, I would love to be king to cut ribbons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I would do that, like, high and low. So what are you going to do today, king? I'm going to cut ribbons. Maybe I should get them to uh, put a ribbon in at Outland Toronto when that happens. So I can cut it. Yeah. Just, just a. I just want to cut it. I don't even care if it's like a little tiny ribbon like that you would put on a present, and it's just wrapped around a chair. As long as I can cut something, cut something should be like you know a right, a human right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is all very important stuff. Obviously, I've had a lot of Swedish guests on, but I've never talked about Swedish royalty before. There's all sorts of new avenues I can uh, take this uh, conversation. So you are, you lived through, because I was born in 81. Yeah. I always feel like I'm an old man. Well, I was 19 back in 81, so um, I could be your father. Maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to turn out to be a very important episode of Beyond Sense. Yeah. <laughs> that will be the, the point of this episode. We'll have a DNA test and we'll reveal at the end of the show whether or not uh, <laughs> you are the father. Now... Before yes. we get going, we'll, we'll, we'll play some tracks. Um, I should point out that you have an incredibly squeaky chair. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I have, um, it's actually, it's my, my ass. Um, well, you have an incredibly squeaky ass. You should... Yeah, uh, it comes with old age, and if you are polite, you might reach it. Well, look, oil that thing. Old age, that is. You get, you get no, no, I get the joke. <laughs> you gotta... <laughs> Sorry, I was going to make a joke about oiling your chair, but now that you've now that joke sort of changes the context a bit, and then I took a sip of tea and look. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's listen to the song. Um, just to be clear, just to be clear, it's not Earl Grey. I'm drinking Tetley right now. Yeah, you need to be posh like me in order to do Earl Grey. Um, well, so I, yeah, but look, hey. We can't all be a Swedish prince, all right? Some of us have to, uh, uh, what's the word? Something to do with our own bootstraps. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know the expression. No, please, guys listening to the show, please mail in what we're talking about because we haven't got a faintest idea at all. Yeah, well, I never do, man. Somehow I've managed to make like a hundred and shit. What will this be? This might be like even like a hundred and <laughs> hundred and eighty something, hundred ninety. I don't know. This is episode one hundred and shitload. Shitload? What do you say? No, shitload. Oh. Shitload of episodes. Oh, so this yeah. is shitload. <laughs> I thought you were saying a Swedish number. Is like is that the word for like eighty seven? No, the word for eighty seven is ottihu. Ottihu. Yeah, ottihu. Ottihu. <laughs> yeah, you could be Swedish. Um, look, we're gonna listen to this track now, right? This is uh, yeah. this is a track from Damocles. This is called Never the Same, and uh, let's listen to that. Yeah.
And that was Never the Same by Damocles. And I'm here yeah. with Damocles right now. Anders. I have a question. Yeah. Is Anders a common Swedish name? It's absolutely extremely common. Uh, when I was named Anders, I was named so because it was not common. Mm. That very same year, a lot of people had the same idea. So in one class, we were five Anders. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a question. Yeah. Uh, another one. Sorry. I'm going to ask you a bunch of dumb Swedish questions. Yes. What sound does the O with the two dots over it make? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, sorry. That's a funny sound. It's actually, it's actually a word. If you write it separately, just uh, uh. means island. Uh, island. Really? Yeah. Uh. It's a word. Is that the only sort of like weird character in, in Swedish, like the O with the two dots, or is there another one? I'm considered being a very weird character in Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> this has been established. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, no, but we have actually three-ish more. Uh, we have O, which is an A with a circle above it. And we have E, which is an A with two dots above it. And then we have the E with a, a slanted uh, dash above it. Like in France, like how they have like the accent aigu. Yeah, and it goes E. e. And without that slanted dash, it goes E. <laughs> These are all very beautiful sounds. Yeah. <laughs> <These> are- <laughs> so you're almost there now, you know, to be fluent in our fabulous language that everybody should know in the world. I mean, like we used to be a nation to be reckoned with. Mm. You should remember this, even though it was maybe a thousand years ago, but you should remember it. Well, we'll watch that show Vikings. Where does that take place? That's not Sweden, is it? No, it's Norway. Apart from um, when they visit the center of the religion in Uppsala, which is was I, where I was born in Sweden. So uh, Viking territory was Sweden, Norway, Denmark mostly, and uh, a couple of islands. So walk me back in time here, all right? Yeah, okay. Because most of the people I have on the show are roughly like in the same sort of age bracket. Now, I'm 37. I happen to remember a lot of the 80s from my childhood and a lot of that stuff that I loved as a kid I still love now but obviously I don't remember like the first three or years or so of my life but I mean you know all my favorite cartoons and a lot of music and movies and stuff all came from the 80s so in your case you had a few decades in before this was like going on so what was the shift for you like obviously you have this attachment to it so why I mean like what was building up what were you like listening to before that and then when the 80s hit what is it about that decade where you're like oh shit this is cool what's going on now? Well, there is a very clear divider, and it's 1981. Prior to that, I was very much into funk, but 1981 was the year for synth-pop. It was a total explosion of synth-pop. And I was a DJ at the time. I started out in 79, and um, I changed my style. Back in that those years, DJs were hired because they had a certain style, right? Today, every DJ mostly plays the same music, but back then, there was like a funk DJ, there was a synth DJ, there was a rock DJ, what have you. And I, I changed my style from funk to synth in 1981. So for me, the 80s is a lot of synth, but then my love for funk is also ever-present. <laughs> it's a, the, the way your accent, the way your intonation works with your words is awesome. <laughs> I, I, I just love, my love for funk is ever-present. <laughs> yes, yes. It's very, very much so indeed, yes. But, um... 
to define what impact was on me during the 80s, it's very difficult. I was a DJ. I was out uh, doing DJ, but I was also a DJ on the radio back then. So the musical impact was very, very broad. It was not only simple. It was the entire scene. One thing that I have been asking questions about is why we have so few actual ballads in the synthwave scene, if you think about it. Mm. Uh, the 80s was an extreme explosion of ballads. It was the decade of ballads. And we hardly have any in synthwave, which is weird. Well, part of that is because I think when synthwave started to form, and it formed out of, like, Outrun, I think there was definitely a part where the music was about being cool. And now we're seeing a lot more synth pop acts and stuff like this And over the past few years. And to pull off a ballad, you gotta be pretty bold. And I think that that a lot of synthwave has always been about being, you know, in quotes, cool. But I think there'll be more of that coming. I started making a playlist on Spotify with uh, ballads, synthwave ballads, and uh, I stopped at 44 tracks, I think, uh, out of which seven of them were mine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, that's still something. I mean, that's that's still a, f- a few tracks. Yeah, but I hoovered the entire world for those 44 tracks. And uh, and also realize if you put a ballad on in a club today, people will be just looking at the DJ. So what's going on? You can maybe use one bar in a drop. And then after that, it's EDM again. You know what pisses me off is I can't make a Spotify playlist of podcasts. Why not? I did. They just, that's not, you're not allowed to. Because I, I was going to do that today because there's Outland Synth is coming to Toronto and I made a playlist of all the interviews I've had with the artists who are going to be featured. And I'm like, oh, I'll also make this playlist on Spotify. And then Spotify is like, nope, it has to be a song. It can't be a podcast. How do they determine? I don't know. <laughs> I think you can cheat the system if you speak in a rhythm. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. It sounds like there's a, a beat going on. Then you might cheat it. Speaking of beats, let's listen to a song. Yeah. How about this one? This is a fun track. It's called Electric Boogie, which uh, shows your kind of uh, your funky side. If people don't know the work of Damocles, there's a lot of uh, synth funk stuff going on. And, uh, and this is Electric Boogie by Damocles. You know, I was kind of wondering if... If we could keep on, because, you know, the beat has got that power and uh, it makes me feel like scratching and spinning, you know, make me feel like...
And that was Electric Boogie by Damocles, and I'm here yeah. <laughs> with Damocles. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, the 80s was... Um fantastic in so many ways. Electro is absolutely a very strong feature of at least the beginning of the 80s. We got Africa Bambata and stuff like that. And that leads me to another thing. I was asked the other day how I came about to make ozone surfing. And that actually came from Electro thoughts because I was thinking nobody's using orchestral hits in synthway. Why is that? Uh, and I started playing around with an orchestral hit and came up with, you know, the intro of O Sound Surfing. And everybody was, wow, this sounds so cool. But for me, it was like, well, uh, I didn't do much. I just used an orchestral hit. Yeah, my favorite thing is just hearing you say that and then thinking of the intro to that song. Yeah. <laughs> because like, no one's using it. So I decided to make an intro that's like, yeah. <laughs> where there's just a thousand. I do. I love orchestra hits, man. Or in the James Bond songs, like in the the 80s sounding ones. If you use them right, I mean, like, uh, they absolutely increase the value of a song. Yeah. <laughs> That's my opinion, anyway. The question is now is how we mathematically define that value. The, or- the orchestral hit equation. I came to an epiphany the other day. Synthwave is like Narnia. You enter, maybe, you know, through a wardrobe somewhere, and Mm. after that you come out in an entire world of fabulousness. And Synthwave is so much more than your entry point. People might enter through Outrun, for example, like you mentioned before, but there is so much more to be had. So Synthwave is not a genre. Many people talk about Synthwave as a genre, but for me, it's a headline indicating that you will be receiving 80s-inspired synth-based music. Yeah, and I am Mr. Tumness in this metaphor. I'm the weird half-goat guy who doesn't wear pants in Narnia. I know, I've seen pictures of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta take those pictures down. Let me introduce myself. My name is Tumness. How would it be if you came and had tea with me? There'll be toast and sardines and cake. I use the term synthwave really broadly. Yeah, you should. You should. According to me. I do. And I know there's people out there who are pedantic about it. I get that. There's those people who, to them, synthwave is literally instrumental music in the vein of OutRun. Maybe a bit more 80s sounding, a bit less video game sounding. But, like, to them, that's what it is. To me, it's just, it's like you say, it's like anything that conjures that feeling. Because, you know, a lot of the music I listen to, I, I listen to predominantly synthwave now. Yeah. Sometimes I'll listen to tracks and I'm like, oh, this you know, would have been an actual hit song in the 80s. Like, I'm listening to it, the sounds that are using, the production. I'm like, yeah. Then there's other songs. Nothing about it is necessarily 80s, but listening to it makes me feel like it is. It makes the feeling of nostalgia, like that nostalgia button in my head goes off, even though if I actually think about the individual elements of the song... I'm like, well, not, nothing here is really 80s. I mean, especially with a lot of OutRun music, it was more video game. Like, it felt more like video game music, but nonetheless. Yeah, but there are so many genres to be had. Iron Skullet made a very nice graphic overview of what Synthwave is, at least to him. And he placed me in the circle of Electro, and I was, why did he do that? But come to think of it, I realized that he placed me spot on. So Synthwave is so much. There are at least 20 genres going on under the label Synthwave. 
So 80s inspired synth music, it can be inspired by synth pop, it can be inspired by the computer games, it can be inspired by the movies, it can be inspired by so many things. And then you have the mashups of all things going on. One thing that I have been confused by is that we haven't heard any synthwave reggae as of yet. Well, it would be really funny. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first first synth-based reggae song that I can recall was back in 83, and it was Sunshine Reggae. And it's a synth-based reggae song, which at that time was brand new. Um, Nobody, at least to my knowledge, had done it before. So maybe we should, maybe I should. Well, go go nuts, man. Yeah, I I need to do that. Grow some dreads. You know, when I went, I remember I had this tape. I went to Barbados uh, a long time ago. And my dad bought this reggae dub minibus. It was like this, it was like this, this mixtape. And I used to listen to this song. I never even understood it until like now. <laughs> and right, I, I, right now, during this interview. Yeah, yeah. Cause I used to love this tape that had this song and they were all reggae songs. And the one was about crackheads. And I used to love this song. I wish I could find that fucking tape. Cause I know this won't be anywhere. Cause it was probably recorded by like some local artists, like in Barbados. And it was like, uh, it's like, look at all these crackheads. Anyway, it was so good. It was, <laughs> I'm not doing it justice. Uh, so the thing I remind you of is fucking crackheads. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I suppose that's a compliment from where you're from. I hope it is. How do you say crackhead in Swedish? Uh, pundare. What? Pundare. So what part of that is crack? Uh, nothing. Oh, like, are you saying, like, just a, a general derogative statement? No, I'm saying the word of crackhead. Pundare. It's somebody under the influence of narcotics. Ah, but what's what's specifically the word for crack? I don't think we have... It's, in that case, it would be crack, uh, crack pundare, but I don't think we say crack. No, we don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm old. Look at, look, look at Sweden, eh? Sweden is just this land of miracles where all these people just make magical electronic music and then it's like, well, crack, well, we don't have crack here. I mean, we're... Uh... No, we have mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> See, we were talking about Narnia. It's Narnia over there, man. Yeah, it is. Well, how about this, man? Let's uh, let's listen to another song. Yeah. Hey, you want to pick one? Oh, yeah, this one. You can play this one. If You Should Fall, because that's a song that's really about something important to me. It's me apologizing to my children. They are grown up now, and uh, I wrote these lyrics to explain to them why I'd been such a bastard father. Am I allowed yeah. to laugh after that? Yeah, I go on. <laughs> the lesson learned is this. Uh, when you have a child... You want to protect the child. You might overdo that so much that the child does not learn how to live their lives because you have protected them too too much, right? So the trick is to let them fall and hurt themselves and then help them up. Yes. But if you always, always catch them in the fall, they will not learn. And that's a very hard lesson to learn as a parent because it hurts, really hurts when your child hurts so that song if she should fall is about that very thing well let's uh let's listen to that man this is uh if you should fall by damocles if you should fall if you should fall if you should fall Every 
fishing for. And that was Damocles with the track If You Should Fall. And all the parents in the world are now much more, you know, prepared to handle the parenthood. Right now, I don't know what the situation's like in, in Sweden, but over here, there is sort of a overprotectiveness of kids that's happening. And it's strange because I feel like an old man when I tell stories of the fact that I walked to school by myself yeah. when I was like in grade one, which would make me like five or six. No, yeah, I I lived two blocks away from the public school and I lived in a small town. Yeah, but it's, the world has become more dangerous and we have um, adjusted our ways of parenthood accordingly. If I tell you about my, my growing up, it will be very different from yours as well. Because it was a different time, different planet anyway, we used to sit without any um, car belts in the back of the car whilst our parents were smoking cigarettes in the yeah. front of it. And we still survived. I mean, like... Yeah, there's a lot of hysteria too. I mean, that's the problem because as a parent, like, I'm so susceptible to it. And my wife really is. And so, you know, anytime she sees like some bad story about something on Facebook or something, then it's like, oh, we got to do this now. And I mean, I still, when I give my kids grapes or blueberries or whatever, I cut them in half still. Do you cut blueberries in half? I cut that and grapes in half because my wife saw some story about some kid who choked on a grape and died or something because yeah. they're spherical, right? So if a kid eats a grape too fast and it goes down the wrong pipe, like goes into the windpipe or whatever, they can suffocate because the air won't push it out because the thing is a sphere and so it'll block the airway or whatever. Anyway, she said this to me and said, so we're going to cut these in half and now that image has never left my brain that could have been one kid in the world who suffocated on a grape in some weird freak accident and now i still to this day will cut grapes in half because if they're in half it's not a full circle so if the air tries to push it out like it'll it won't block the airway that's a little example of what happens when you get like sucked into the hysteria can i, can I give you a horrifying uh, piece of information yes when you cut a grape in half you will still have a full circle yes on the one half but the thing is like if the pipe sorry, tries to warp around it you can still fucking get it out more easily than a full grape but what, what we're looking at is that we are overprotecting our children and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah the world has become a rougher place absolutely there are more dangers absolutely but the lesson learned for me and it's too late for me because because my children are already grown up, is that I overprotected them. And as a result, I did not do them a favor. And that's what If You Should Fall is all about. So if somebody has small children, listen to the lyrics, actually, uh, because um, it's a good lesson that I wish I had learned. Mentally, I know there's a logic to why you got to let the kids make mistakes and do all stuff so they learn. I know when I was a kid, I was left alone a lot and I learned things. But that at the same time, when I hear weird stories and you want to protect your kids, my parent brain overrides the logic brain and goes, oh no, we'll just keep them inside. Then then, you, then there won't be any dangers, you know? And I'm like, it's so tough too because I grew up in a small town, but we live in the city now. So there's more stuff going on, you know? Like for me, when I was in my small town, you know, walking to school a few blocks really wasn't a big deal because like I probably wouldn't even see a car. If I did, I'd see, you know, just a few. It's not a big deal. But obviously when you're in the city, there's constantly cars going all over the place and you're always worried about them crossing the road. And yeah, and uh, 
uh, everybody looking down in their phones doesn't help much. We're just going to see what happens. I mean, the kids now, I don't know what them growing up with just full internet access, social media, fucking uh, video games. To be fair, I played a lot of video games too, but it was more of a personal social interaction with friends because there was no online. So it was like, you know, to play games with friends meant to be with friends. Friendship has become very difficult, as it turns out, because kids don't really know how to make friends anymore in the real world, as it were. And I think social media is to blame in this, or rather maybe parents are to blame. Who knows? Yeah, we can blame parents, and that's fine. I like blaming everybody for everything, as long as it's not my fault. Yeah, it's your fault. (laughs) But... But, you know, there's something really alluring and addictive about social media. I mean, like, I haven't closed any of my accounts. All I do is complain about them. I complain about Facebook and Twitter constantly, but they're still open because, like, well, I use it to promote the show. You can actually find MySpace with Damocles somewhere, but it hasn't been updated for... 10,000 years. Yeah. (laughs) But that's the thing. It's like, it's hard because I see the addictiveness of it. And with Instagram, like I really enjoy Instagram, but I do see like every time I post something, I do sort of kind of keep checking my phone just seeing like oh is anyone else like this you know and it has an addictive quality so you know you try your best as a parent to say like well don't do this but you know when all the kids are playing Fortnite, because that is what's happening now Mm -hmm. and i keep telling my son i'm like dude don't you get it like this is like he gets angry when he can't play it and i'm like dude because it's addictive he's like it's not addictive i'm like how do you feel when you're not playing Fortnite?" and he's like all anxious and mad because they've they've got it worked out yeah right to be completely addictive because everything is on a time basis it's like on friday they have a special event and if you don't play Fortnite on Friday you're going to feel like you missed something hmm. and so all these kids just want to play all the time it's really annoying because like I just I'm just tired of hearing about that fucking game <laughs> my wife was um an au pair in England way back when she was an au pair for a very very spoiled child that got everything that was on every commercial that she pointed at mm. and my wife told her well when I was a kid we used to be out in the forest me and my grandfather uh, we would make a farm out of, you know... Uh, twigs. Twigs, yeah. And sh- the kid just looks at her and so, were you, like, very poor? <laughs> thing is that once we stop being able to amuse ourselves without input from social media and what have you, then we lose something. The enjoyment of actually talking together sitting over a cup of coffee what have you should not be forgotten and that brings me to another song yes it does <laughs> because on my album Ministry of Synth it's not a religious ministry it's more like you know the government ministry making me the actual minister of synth I open up with a track called Open Up and it's about that we must put down our phone because we are looking at life through components And it all passes us by whilst we are stuck in in, in this virtual version of it. There's also lessons to be learned. So take note, everyone, of the (laughs) lyrics of the next... All right. Well, let's listen to this, man. This is uh, Open Up by Damocles. We'll be right back. 
everywhere taking selfies They got it down They all seem to fit right in But in the end It's all just an act they put on That missing sense To show people where they've been Open up Don't see life as a group components Open up Just wake up and put down that phone Open up Life is now when you're wasting moments Open up Just let it in and get in the soul every day You run around trying not to fit in anyway You can't be that step friendly, well, never pay Attention to what is not important, hear me say It's time to get going, I
And that was Damocles with the track Open Up. Why do you call yourself Damocles? What was that about? <laughs> well, there's a funny story there. I'm, um, I consulted in digital marketing. I've been in the web industry since 1995. And during the early years, there was a hysteria about domain names. The dot-com names went like lightning. So I spent an entire night trying to find any available dot-com names, and I didn't find anything. I don't know how long, but I, I probably two, three hours, just, you know, typing the most weird words I could imagine, and they were taken. They were already bought. Mm. And then I stumbled upon Damocles, written with a K, dot com. And it was available, and before I knew it, I bought it without knowing what I should use it for. That was in 97. And in 99, I um, made a sort of a reboot of me making music and um, after having been silent for like five, six years. And then I realized I need I need a name. Well, in order to have a, an artist name, you have to have the domain names as well. Well, I already have the Damocles.com. Yeah, well, okay. That's when I became Damocles. But Damocles in itself is um, a mythological story from Greece, Syracuse to be more exact, under the rule of King Dionysus. Uh, he had a guy there called Damocles that was very envious of the king because the king had everything, you know, the glory, uh, the riches, everything. And Damocles was always grumpy about this. And the king said one day, so we're going to have a party tonight. And uh, I was thinking, you could sit in my throne. Oh, yeah? Yes, you could sit in my throne and uh, enjoy all the fame and everything that comes to being a king. What do you say? Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant idea. Yeah. Just don't look up, idiot. Yeah. So Damocles sat down in the throne and then they started hanging up this sword over his head. So what's going on? Well, being a king is not only the glory and everything, it's also an ever-present danger. And this sword hanging in one horse's tail hair will represent this for you during the evening. I hope you will enjoy it. Uh, so... Today, we're referring to the sword of Damocles as an present danger of sorts. The sword of Damocles is hanging up above all children, as we were talking about before. Uh, so, yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like a good uh, Greek lesson there. That's fun. Um, hey. Yeah. Back then, yeah. when you're like first starting out and all those years ago, I mean, what sort of like equipment were you using and stuff? What was the setup of, a, of an old school DJ? Yeah, it was a 78 uh, rows per minute uh, machine where you actually, you know, wind it up with this um, stick. No, no, but anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, was Techniques uh, turntables, 1200 and 1210. And there was like a mixer in between but at that time where only used two turntables and um, I introduced synthesizers and drum machines very early on so I was a performance DJ as it were actually performing music whilst mixing the music so I mixed in my music in the music and stuff like that uh, I also had like five digital sampler delay so I could sample up the next song and make patterns in the drum machine to actually drive those samplers playing whatever pattern the drums should go in. And then I could increase the speed without increasing the pitch and stuff like that. So I could make cool mixes. And uh, I always uh, counted the BPMs of a, of a track and wrote it, you know, with with a pen on, on the cover so I could sort my records in BPMs. Because uh, 
mixing is um, a bit more difficult when you don't just press a button for it to become a synced mix. Did you like practice? Did you go home and like, oh, I'll flip this record up here and this one's fucking 120 and I can, you know, like that? Oh, yes, I practice a lot. Uh, and I was on the road for many years as well, being a DJ. So then you kind of lived in the hotel where the discotheque was and you spent time during the day in a discotheque and stuff like that. All the scratching you hear on my tracks is made by hand. It's real. <laughs> With a knife? Yes, a broadsword. <laughs> no, but anyways, uh, it's actually me doing the scratching, but it's not on vinyl because I came to the conclusion that having having that in the studio would take too much space and also it would make more sense to have digital. So I tried out so many decks and uh, I have a Pioneer XTJ, but obviously uh, we're not talking 12-inch anymore. We're talking a lot smaller platters. So... I had to minimize my moves to make the same scratch moves as I did with 12 inches. Yeah, no, that makes sense, man. I'm trying to make a 12-inch joke here, but I don't know if I have time to think of a good one. How about we listen to another song? I've got one picked out I want to listen to. Yeah, go ahead. This one is called Be Kind to Me When I Turn. Yeah. It's a nice song featuring John of the Shred. Yeah, we're going to listen to that right now. This is uh, Be Kind to Me When I Turn by Damocles featuring John of the Shred.
And that was Be Kind to Me When I Turn, featuring John of the Shred by Damocles. Uh, I must say, John is uh, a guitar god. He is fantastic on the guitar. So all credits to him for that guitar solo there. Because obviously a lot of your stuff has sort of this kind of funky, uh, you know, electro sound to it. And so uh, a bunch of the songs that I actually like of yours are sort of the the more sort of instrumental um, ones like this. There's another track too where we're going to uh, play later that I also like. So I, I just like the variety of, of sound, if you will, because I will. Yeah. Hey, you said before that you were uh, you were like on the radio at some point, right? Oh, yes. Where was that at? Uh, well, I uh, passed through a few radio stations, but I was definitely a part of um, liberating the radio waves in Sweden. Uh, we used to have a monopoly in Sweden before where the state owned the radio. So when I was a teenager, the only place to actually hear the new mu- music was um, on, a, on a broadcast from England that had a very, very shitty sound. But, you know, we were still listening to the sound go... To hear the latest music, I'm trying to remember the name of that station. Um, it wasn't Sky, it was it Sky Radio? Ah, something like that. <laughs> You're listening to sh- 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 FM. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But anyways, <laughs> so we started with um, radio stations that were kind of very narrow reaching and driving them as they, if they were commercially um financed radio station without commercials so we had like membership that people paid in order to have us going playing music on the radio and stuff like that. but when commercial radio actually finally was allowed in sweden all of us that made it possible if you will we were not to be reckoned with because there was so much money involved to get the licenses for actually having radio stations then so yeah but anyways i, w- I was a very big part of this and uh, after that i um, i've had a few runs on the radio on other stations as well and i love being on the radio it's it's a ca- different kind of angle of uh, experiencing music yeah no that makes sense do you own a guitar oh yes i own a few um i have uh, <laughs> A new one. <laughs> I've got the latest Roland Axe Edge. For me, guitar is the answer. If you play a synthesizer, yeah, but if you play a synthesizer on on a stand, it's kind of tame, right? It doesn't mm. look very cool. And for live performances to work, you have to have some kind of stage show, right? And the guitar is a very vivid instrument to play. And uh, so that's my instrument of choice for live performances. Although, be it my latest concert in Vienna, it didn't go so well. So my guitar uh, said goodbye just minutes before. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I, I played one track, but it was a one second delay on every note that I played. So it was a very, very weird performance. I, I continued not having guitar during that concert. But on the 30th of March, I will be playing my guitar in Malmö because we are setting up the first ever Swedish synthwave festival. Retro Future Fest will take place in Malmö on the on 30th of March. And we will have Nina from the UK. We will have Dynatron from Denmark mm-hmm. and from Sweden. We will have Irving Force and Midnight Danger from Stockholm. And from Malmö, we'll have Hyperdriver and Damocles, an old fart with a keytop. Also, we will have a DJ called Star Noir. He's also a synthwave artist, but he will be DJing during the evening. And he's from... The UK, but he's living in France right now, so I don't know how to say that. But anyways, uh, it will be a fantastic evening, and we have arcade machines where you can play 
for instance, um, Street Fighter 2. Give me an example of more arcade games. I've played so many arcade games I can hardly think of it because I actually put money into those back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent so much money in arcade games. Space Invaders was my big vice back then, actually. So Space Invaders has eaten a lot of my money. Pac-Man too, actually. So yeah, so it will be an, a brilliant experience. Um, I was in, in London last summer uh, and went to the Retro Future Fest there. There was a second time they had the festival and I was blown away by that positive feeling it was like uh, Woodstock for synthwavers I came out like dancing on on purple clouds with neon edges so I thought somebody really has to do this in Sweden and I came to the conclusion that I had to become that somebody so I'm the one uh, setting this up together with a business associate of mine and uh, we are we are doing this on March 30 I want a business associate it sounds like a cool thing to have like to be able to say like my business associate you know what I want I want an attorney I need a business associate and an attorney just so I can talk about them yeah like they don't need to do anything I just want to be able to be like well my attorney says and speak with my attorney so the the point is that you're trying to make that I'm interrupting is that on March the 30th there is retro future fest Sweden edition yeah and there's going to be lots of uh, fun acts there that are playing. Absolutely. And we start at uh, half past five in the afternoon and uh, there is like six hours of live performances and after that uh, an additional five hours of nightclubbing in 80s style. So that will be a blast. Cool. So yeah, uh, my guitar is coming out. (laughs) (laughs) That's a catchphrase. Well, look, how about this? We're going to listen to another song, and then maybe we can uh, wind this down. Yeah. This is one I really like. It's called When I See You by Damocles, and I dig this one. This one's got kind of like some some Jarre vibes, or Jarre. How do you say that guy's name? Jean-Michel Jarre. Jarre. If you pronounce it in French, I suppose it would be Jean-Michel Jarre. Jarre. Yeah, Yeah, he's a pirate. He's my favorite synth pirate. (laughs) Jean-Michel Jarre. This was sort of gave me some uh, some kind of vibes like that, and I I dug this one. So this is uh, "When I See You" by Damocles.
And that was When I See You by Damocles. Yes. And I'm here with Damocles right now. That's a nice track. We just got told about this uh, retro future fest in Sweden on the 30th of March. Hopefully this episode comes out before then. I'll try and make sure that happens. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Otherwise, people can buy my album called Time Machine and just travel back. That is correct. Do you ever, like, think about that we're actually sitting on different parts of the world, talking to each other like it was nothing? I never stop being blown away by the um, futuristic world we actually live in today. Yeah, I do the same thing. Because for my generation, and I, and someone did try and coin a term specifically for people born between 77 and 83 called Xenials, okay. which I don't know if that's caught on, but I like it. And basically, the point uh, that they're trying to make with this distinction was that my generation is sort of the last generation before the big switch to digital. People born between 77 and 83 had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. So I, in many ways, associate more with older people because I remember the analog world because now that it's digital, everything moves so fast. Hmm. But I I have memory of a world without the internet. I have memory in a world without iPods and, you know, like digital distribution and all this stuff. So when I was a kid, when I think of the stuff that I used to imagine would be cool, it was none of this. Like, I remember thinking, wouldn't it be cool to have a TV in the car? And I thought, well, how could we do that? Well, we'd have to get one of those things that plugs into the the cigarette lighter, and then there'd be a long cable, and then we'd get a small television hooked to a VCR, and we could set that on the seat, and like all this stuff. And then now, you know, when the iPod came out, it was like, oh yeah, like just a weird device that's the size of a credit card that is also a television and everything. And so I'm still amazed by the iPhone. You know, yeah, I like I mean, people walk around the world now with a piece of glass in their hand with access to the entire world instantaneously in HD. Oh, well, ultra HD or what have you. And they just, you know, complain if it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but I never stop being amazed. And that probably makes me more living in Narnia than most, I suppose. For the people who are younger, I understand that this is just the world they grew up in. For me, it's funny because I've seen it all happen in such a compressed amount of time because if you look at the the way things evolved before, it was a little bit slower. You know, records existed for so many decades. And then when it came to cassettes, it was like, well, tapes were around for this amount of time. Yeah. Then it was CDs. And it's almost like every generation halved the amount of time that before the switch happened. Yeah. Within my lifetime, I remember like just cassettes. Like that's how you listen to music was cassettes. I had a friend whose dad had a fucking eight track player in his car. Yeah. And to me, that was still a viable way to receive music. And we had a record player and all this stuff. And then we had CDs and then VHS switched to DVD and like all this stuff. And so I feel like I'm in two different worlds. And so if I talk to someone who's older than me, I totally understand that world because I actually lived it for part of my life. Mm. So that's why they, they invented this term Xenial because there is sort of a, a distinction because even for people who were born, you know, six, seven years after I was, their childhood is very different, you know, because like they grew up when just the internet just existed when they were a kid. By the time they were in high school, it just, that's, the internet was a thing. It always was a thing. Yeah, but we need to reevaluate uh, the terminology of generations as it were. Uh, as you said, you had like a period of what, 10 years in which people were called Xenophobes or whatever you said. <laughs> uh, and, uh, 
Now let's be clear right now. Although I am highly xenophobic, that was not the word I said. But uh, continue. Uh, But anyways, um, (laughs) we're talking about a a logarithmic scale. And if you don't know what that is, uh, imagine like a hill starting with a very small slope, ending up with a cliff. So we're walking up this very, very small slope and it increases, increases, increases until it bends up, turning almost straight up. And the technological evolution that we are experiencing is in that part where it starts pointing straight up. And when it does that, it will totally explode. So uh, the latest thing will be old two seconds after you bought it. Uh, And it will be like Stone Age old because now you you don't have to have a glass phone anymore because you have a 3D projection in in your retina directly. I mean, it's going to be a weird world when today's marvels is Stone Age tomorrow. Yep. I mean, I I don't know how to feel about it necessarily. I mean, I, I still think since I do have this love of nostalgia, if tomorrow the internet went down, it would be weird, but... I have a lot of offline pleasures, like old video game consoles and things that don't need to be connected to the internet to work. I mean, we still need power. I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> now, if the power grid goes down, that's another thing. It's a weird, very weird world, and still people live in it as if it's totally normal. The world is changing, but we are adapting. I mean, like, tomorrow we're going to have flying cars, and that will become normal after a week, I suppose. Well, see, flying cars introduces all sorts of wacky problems. I don't even know if I want flying cars. Like, I like the idea that it's cool that they're there, but I don't think I would ever want to get in one. Are you, like, just, you know, stuck in 2019? Wake up. Well, look, listen, man, we got to wrap this up. It was uh, nice to meet you. It was very nice to meet you as well. Uh, Come to think of it, I was actually named DJ Andy back then, so we have much in common. Well, that's right, and we still have to reveal the the DNA test. But, uh, look, uh, keep on making cool music. People should uh, go check check out uh, Damocles if they like the electro they like the funk and also uh, on March 30th there's a retro future fest in Sweden go check that out yes. which is probably Absolutely. literally in a week it depends when this thing airs I'll, I'll make sure to remind people anyway look dude yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> look I gotta go but listen yeah, uh, it was good to talk to you uh, keep on doing cool stuff and uh, yeah man I will do that and the same to you man alright cheers take care dude All right, and that was my conversation with Damocles. Thank you all for tuning into the show. Please tune in next week. Please. <laughs> I beg you. <laughs> and uh, you guys all have a lovely week. You're the best. We got a lot of fun shows coming up, so I hope you tune in and listen to them. And that's all I got. So uh, tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And I'll see you in hell. Thanks for If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or visit beyondsynth.com and click on support the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by the awesome Patreon supporters. Don't forget to follow Beyond Synth on Facebook, 
Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Live broadcasts can be heard weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash beyond underscore synth. Have a lovely week.